0: Welcome to the Rainier View Christian Church Podcast, where we invite you to pursue God, engage in community, and make a difference. Hey, my name is Jeff. I'm one of the teaching pastors here at Rainier View, and we're so thankful that you're choosing to join us. Today, we are wrapping up a series on Bless, and we've been looking at five simple practices that will allow us to share our faith well, to bless our neighbors around us, and to end up transforming, changing the lives of others by practicing these five simple practices. And so today we're looking at this one final practice on sharing our story, because your story is one of the most powerful gifts that God has entrusted to you. You know, when I officiate weddings, often I will open with a story. Uh, that, I, that I tell most often when I officiate a wedding. And so I'll open up with a time sharing about when I thought that my cousin and I were going to die rafting as middle schoolers. And so I always think that people are wondering at this moment, like, why is this person telling this egotistical story about themselves on our wedding day? Uh, but I launch into this, uh, this account that uh, when I was in middle school, on my dad's side of the family, we took a family road trip, a, a two week road trip all over the Western United States starting in LA, making our way up the coast all the way to uh, Vancouver, British Columbia, and then cutting back through Utah and then back home from there. And so about a week and a half in, um, we're in Utah. And at this point, everyone is sick and tired of being together in a van. Uh, and so in particular, uh, my dad and my uncle wanted some space for my cousin and I, and so they took us to a nearby river. We are like, hey, there's a river. It'd be awesome to raft it. Um, The problem was that the people we were staying with didn't have a raft. Well, they did have a pool raft, okay, so we're halfway there. They didn't have any oars or paddles or anything, but they did have a couple broom handles. And so my dad and my uncle thought, this is good enough, and so they threw us in a river, and my cousin Tim and I are on our way uh, enjoying a great American adventure. Huck Finn, Tom Sawyer, you know, we're, we're on this river, and everything's going well, and everything's, you know, moving along. Uh, And then the river uh, picks up a little bit, and it begins to move a little bit faster. And so we're, okay, like, you know, we're we're still doing good. But then we look ahead down the river, and what appears to us to be the edge of the earth. The river kind of disappears. It looks like it drops off. All of a sudden, we are converted to being flat earthers, that we found the edge of the earth, and we're going to fall to our doom and die. And so we do what any self-respecting middle school boys would do in this situation. We begin to scream like children, uh, and so somehow we have the, the you know the presence of mind to say, okay, you know, we we can fix this. We can get out of this situation. And so we take our trusty broom handles and we stick them in the bottom of the riverbed uh, to pull ourselves over to the shore. But that only has the effect of sending our raft spinning in circles towards what is from our point of view, the edge of the earth where we are going to fall off and meet our impending doom. At this point at a a wedding ceremony, I'll pause that story and I will shift gears and I'll talk about um, some principles from God's word on how how to build a marriage that will last. But then after that, I'll return to this story. And I'll say, hey, um, you remember a little while ago I was talking about being in the raft um, with my cousin Tim and we're spinning to our impending doom. Uh, Well, what happened next was that we saw my dad on the edge of the the riverbank on one of the sides and he had this huge kind of tree branch or something that he's kind of hoisting as far out in the middle of the river as he could. And he was yelling at us something like, hey guys, over here. But he didn't use the word guys. But anyways, somehow we get our broom handles, to spin us towards this branch, and to pull us in. And so at that point, I will let this, uh, this couple know, hey, when you, today, it's like you're getting in the raft with somebody else for this commitment for the rest of your life. And th- here's the thing, it's not if you will encounter difficulties in your marriage, it is when. And I'll ask them to face out and I'll ask them to look at the family and friends gathered and to know that they have people here gathered to champion their relationship and to lean on in those times. But most importantly, that they have a father in heaven who is willing to extend help to them whenever they need it. And so then I'll ask them, are you ready to get in the raft together? So far, I've had nobody say no and like bolt uh, at that point in time. But, uh, you know, we'll see a lot of life lived. But hopefully, you know, everybody, uh, again, takes, takes these things into account, puts them into practice. But there's, there's a difference between how a story connects a truth to us and just stating facts. Right. If I just, if I just got up at a wedding ceremony and I was like, hey, um, you, should, you should really do what God says and trust him in your relationship and turn to him in difficult times. All right, uh, rings, right? It's not that any of what I just said is wrong or, or not important, uh, but story lands in a different way in our lives. And so we need to be a people, if we are following Jesus, we need to be people that, that learn to share our story well. Because the reality is that for many who claim to be Christians, we rarely, if ever, share our stories of faith, of what God has done in our lives, of how God has shown up, we rarely share those with others. Uh, And so we need to be reminded that God has entrusted our stories to us to be told for the good of others. And here's the, the best thing about the series we're in, is that we get it, that's an intimidating step. But when you practice all of these blessed practices together, you begin with prayer, you learn to listen to your neighbor, uh, you you eat with them, our favorite, right? And, and you begin to look for ways to serve them. Then this last practice of sharing your story—it's natural, right? When you when you've built a true friendship, when you truly care for somebody, they're going to want to hear about your life. It's going to be a reciprocal thing, and so. But we live in this time uh, in our culture where, again, we looked at in week one that sharing about our faith is not just something that is uncomfortable for many in our culture. It is viewed as just plain wrong that we shouldn't do that. And so this is why the power of our stories is so important. You have a unique story to tell that somebody else needs to hear. It's going to present faith in a way that they can grasp it in a, in a better way. And so we're going to look at the example this morning out of John chapter 9. So the gospel of John. If you have a Bible, go ahead and Turn there, open up to it. If you don't have one, you can download one for free from the Bible app. But open up to John chapter 9, and we're going to look at an example of one individual and the power of telling our story. Now, this whole chapter tells his story, but it's 41 verses, so I'm not going to read the entire story and the entire chapter. I'm going to do a little bit of background to prep us, and then we're going to jump about halfway through. But this story in John 9 really contrasts two wildly different individuals. On the one hand, we have a man who is born blind and is begging. Then on the other hand, we have um, a group of people who are known as the Pharisees who look down on individuals like this blind beggar, that they don't want anything to do with this guy, that they, they believe their lives would be better off without him and kind of wish he wasn't there. Um, because in the Pharisees' worldview, in their mindset, Somebody sinned, somebody did something to cause this man's blindness and they didn't want any of that near them. They didn't want that rubbing off on them. Uh, They didn't wanna be tainted by the sin that that led to this man's blindness. And so again, their worldview that any physical disability would have been connected to that person's sin or a family member's sin around them. And as we're gonna see in in this gospel account, uh, Jesus, he says, Uh, This man's blindness is the result of no one's sin, but God is going to use his story in a powerful way to bring more of his glory to be known to those around them. That somehow God will be known because of what's about to happen with this blind man and Jesus here. Now, before we go judging the Pharisees too harshly, like oh we would never view somebody that way, just go find the comment sections on like your next door app or any news uh, news article about the homeless problem uh, in Seattle Tacoma where we are or wherever you're joining us, the nearest like uh, large largest city that is near you. Right, you can look at the comment sections and look at how we as people again describe the homeless as, not as people, but as a problem, and how are we going to deal with them, right? We can just as easily find ourselves in a situation where we dehumanize others just like the Pharisees do. When we are poor in different ways, maybe relationally, emotionally, spiritually, we find ourselves impoverished. In fact, uh, John we're not in in the Gospel of John uh, but John writes the book of Revelation and he writes this very um, to the fact of this very reality in Revelation 3 verse 17 where he writes kind of these uh, records these encouragements and criticisms to these different churches and so to the church in Laodicea he records these words Revelation three seventeen says you say I am rich I have acquired wealth and do not need a thing but you do not realize that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. And so that church at that time in their culture, they were were in a very well-off setting, okay? And so many of us, right, maybe we can afford to buy a Tesla or, okay, at least a Chevy Aveo. Uh, Maybe we can take a vacation to, to Hawaii or wherever, but we can have material wealth and material comforts but we can still be relationally emotionally and spiritually broke okay and this is why we need to learn to share our stories well because our neighbors are dealing with the same types of relational, emotional, and spiritual brokenness. The same kinds of things that you and I experience. But we have something different in our lives that leads us to a different kind of life than the world has to offer. And so this is where our stories come into play. We have the ability, the chance to share with others, again, across the table from somebody, across the Zoom screen, however we're meeting and connecting with others right now that we can, we can share the difference that faith makes, the hope and the healing that comes from that. And we don't have to wait till our lives look better, that we get things under control or we figure things out more. Um, as we're going to see in this account, um, we start with what Jesus is already doing in our lives, not what we wish he would do or, or some future hopes and aspirations. And so uh, turn with me again to, to John 9. We're going to begin in verse 24. We read this. Then they hurled insults at him and said, "'You are this fellow's disciple. "'We are disciples of Moses. "'We know that God spoke to Moses. "'But as for this fellow, "'we don't even know where he comes from.' The man answered, "'Now that is remarkable. "'You don't know where he comes from, "'yet he opened my eyes. "'We know that God does not listen to sinners. "'He listens to the godly person who does his will. "'Nobody has ever heard of opening the eyes "'of a man born blind. "'If this man were not from God, "'he could do nothing.'" To this, they replied, you were steeped in sin at birth. How dare you lecture us? And they threw him out. And so this man who was homeless, who was begging, who was born blind, is the least likely person to be having a conversation about faith with the Pharisees. But he does so because he focuses on his own story, not arguing with them about different points of the law. Uh, because Because his sharing is really coming from a pure place where he wants others to know about the good things that God was able to do in his life through Jesus. And so because he's sharing that way from this pure place, amazing things happen. Now, This example that we just looked at uh, in John 9, it's not an example, as we've been talking about, of these blessed practices, that we practice them over time. We look for daily ways to practice at least one of these. And over time, it allows us to build friendships and relationships and earn the right to be heard. Uh, And so this man's story is a little bit different. But we're looking at it and I love this story because it points out so clearly that we are called to share our story and not worry about what we don't know or not worry about the areas and things in our lives that aren't quite right we don't have to get our get our mess all in order before beginning to share our stories and now sometimes right we we go to share stories but we're nervous about it because like well what if somebody asks me a question and I don't know how to answer it you can do a very simple thing if somebody does that that's a great question I'm not really sure how to answer that. Hey, would it be cool if I did a little bit of research and ask around and we can talk more about it in a couple weeks, right? The worst thing in the world is to try and pretend to make up an answer that you don't know. It's okay to, to say, I don't know, especially again, focusing on, because we're sharing the story of what God is doing in our lives versus stumping somebody. But if we needed any more encouragement about the power of sharing our stories with others, the the stories of, what faith means to us. Now, God has shown up and and the difference Jesus makes in our lives. Uh, Let's continue looking Uh, again. John 9, picking up in verse 35. Jesus heard that they had thrown him out. And when he found him, he said, do you believe in the son of man? Who is he, sir? The man asked, tell me so that I may believe in him. Jesus said, you have now seen him. In fact, he is the one speaking with you. Then the man said, Lord, I believe. And he worshiped him. Jesus said, for judgment I've come into this world so that the blind will see and those who see will become blind. Some Pharisees who were with him heard him and say this and asked, what are we blind to? Jesus said, if you were blind, you would not be guilty of sin. But now that you claim you can see, your guilt remains. And so we see how this man's story was able to soften the hardened hearts of the Pharisees, to get them to consider anew what Jesus was trying to communicate them, to communicate to them, to consider anew. Uh, maybe there was something about their faith that was, wasn't quite right, that was a little off. And that all stemmed from this man's willingness to share his story. And so if you're worried that you, you again, you don't know enough that, that you can't share, that you're not ready, man, be encouraged that you can start by sharing the chapters of your life that you've already walked through with God or start by sharing what you're currently walking through now rather than worrying about presenting some fairy tale ending and a nice neat wrapped up story later on. No, focus on sharing what where, you, where you're at. Again, let's look at a couple of these verses that just underscore the beauty of this, uh, at least to me. In uh, verse 25, where the man says, he replied, Whether he is a sinner or not, speaking of Jesus, whether he's a sinner or not, I don't know. One thing I do know I was blind, but now I see. And a little bit later in verse 35, Jesus heard that they had thrown him out, and when he found him, he said, Do you believe in the Son of Man? Who is he, sir? the man asked. Tell me so that I may believe in him. Again, he didn't wait until his life was figured out or in a better place or, or he had uh, wrapped his mind around Jesus more. No, he began sharing what he did know, what he did experience, what Jesus already had accomplished in his life. And he started there. And that's that's the power of our stories. That that we don't use, you know, uh, just some elaborate arguments to try and manipulate or, or uh, just, you know, uh, overwhelm somebody. No, that when we truly care about somebody else and we share the good things that God has done in our lives, this is the most powerful way for you to bless your neighbor by sharing your faith in a way that's relational and natural. But here's the thing. Chances are, you're probably, if you're following Jesus, you're on board with the first four blessed practices, right? Like, okay, I can begin with prayer. I could pray for opportunities to be a blessing to my neighbor, I can listen. Maybe it's a, more of a challenge for some of us than others. Eat. No, most of us, we got that, right? Uh, seeking to serve. Okay, a little bit more work, but I, I could serve other people. But maybe you're sitting there saying, share my story? Nope, not going to happen, Jeff. Like, it's great that this guy, um, you know, was able to, you know, uh, be cured of his blindness, and then, like, he went on to write Amazing Grace or something. I, like, I don't know, great for that guy, but... I am not ready to share my faith or my story with other people, okay? And we know that's true, and so there's some reasons why we don't. And so if you're following along with the book that kind of goes along with this sermon series, it unpacks these more. But I want to talk briefly about kind of these three reasons that keep us from sharing our story and, so, and how we can kind of overcome those. But really, reason one is this. Uh, we just say, well, I just don't have what it takes to share my story, That we worry that somehow we're going to be stumped. Again, that somebody's going to ask us a question that we don't know how to answer and that we're just going to have to give up. uh, Or uh, or that we're going to somehow let God down or be responsible for somebody not choosing faith. Okay, And and none of that needs to be the case. Again, it's okay. Somebody asks you a question that you don't know the answer to, to just say, it's a great question. I don't know. I'm going to look into that for you. Uh, And again, keeping it focused on sharing your story. You know, uh, when I was in uh, undergrad, I worked catering. Uh, and so catering, they're kind of people from all sorts of different walks of life, and you're all working together uh, to, to put on these big fancy parties. And so I had one coworker who was, the, he was really into Marilyn Manson. Uh, and in particular, he had like some questions for us because of some of the religious imagery that uh, Marilyn Manson kind of co-opted for his performance persona. And so uh, my coworker one day asked me like, oh, like, yeah, so tell me about the Tetragrammaton. And I was like, is that a Transformers robot? Like, I literally don't know what that word is you just shared with me, right? Uh, And so the Tetragrammaton is a phrase that refers to the four Hebrew letters that, that make up the word Yahweh, the sacred name, of god that that in in the jewish religion would not have even been spoken okay and so here's the thing i didn't have to understand this this kind of relatively obscure piece of biblical knowledge about the tetragrammaton in order for me to share my story to share my faith well with a coworker and the reasons why faith uh, was meaningful to me i didn't need, i didn't need to understand that little piece in order to be able to share my story And so you don't have to have all the answers to begin to share. But then that leads us to kind of to reason number two why we don't share and why we struggle. Where um, really it's, I don't wanna impose my beliefs on my friends or family. Okay, and I get that. Like nobody wants to impose anything on anybody else. But that's not really what's going on here with this this, uh, reason that we give for not sharing our story. Because the question really is, do I want people to know and become more like Jesus, or am I trying to get them to be like me? It's a very different uh, kind of approach and thing going on. If I really want people to know Jesus, then it's not about me imposing, it's about me extending an invitation. Now, but maybe you've had experiences like me that kind of like sharing faith, evangelism, you kind of get this negative reaction, right? Like if, if you're Interaction with that was something like, uh, I had an undergrad where I was encouraged to, again, uh, participate in somebody doing a little painting or performance on a street corner and trying to get people to stop and listen and then hand out pamphlets. And if that's your view of, like, sharing your story, then, yeah, hard pass, no, not not interested. Or, again, like in week one where I talked about the well-intentioned person who had a beautiful and in-depth written-up prayer of salvation in a... Uh, you know, plastic page protector rolled up and tucked in my door handle at the grocery store, but I never saw them. Again, that, that's not sharing our story. Even just if sharing our faith is wrapped up for us in just complaining about whoever or whatever we believe the problem is with the world and we're lecturing others, then yeah, that's not going to be sharing our story and sharing Jesus well. But when we begin living out all of these blessed practices in, in holistic and relational ways, that's where God can show up because we're not in the business of forcing anything on anyone. It's an ongoing conversation that we're having. There's a quote by D.T. Niles, a missionary, and I, and I love the way that it describes Christianity. He writes, Christianity is one beggar telling another beggar where to find bread. And that's where our conversations should look like. When we share with others. We just are sharing about the difference that following Jesus makes in our lives uh, and, and, we, and we share those stories. and then we invite people to belong. Hey, you're welcome to join me and join us here. We'd love to have you. right? To overcome this reason why we don't share our stories, all we really have to do is flip that switch mentally from I'm imposing my belief on somebody else to I'm extending an invitation for them to hear and explore what following Jesus means in my life and the difference that it makes. Once we flip that switch, it's a lot easier to overcome that reason that we don't share a story. But a third and final reason that we're going to look at today why we don't share our stories with others is that, well, sharing my story makes me feel uncomfortable. And because we have a value today in our world that we should never, ever, ever be made to feel uncomfortable for any and all reasons, forever, at all time then we believe that we should be given a pass to share our stories, that we shouldn't have to because it makes me feel uncomfortable, therefore I shouldn't do it. Okay, here's the thing. Like, if you were able to point people to a cure for cancer, right, would you do that or would you keep that knowledge to yourself? Of course you would share that with others. Of course you'd want to share that. So why, for those of us who claim to be followers of Jesus, who claim to know the power of God at work in our lives because of the death and the resurrection of Jesus, why are we so unwilling to share, hey, I have this this hope and this power within me that has allowed me to move beyond my self-centered sin to to, uh, experience a new hope, a new purpose in my life now, and I have a hope for a future in heaven one day. At some point, we have to be willing to get to a place of maturity where we are willing to share our stories, even though they might make us feel uncomfortable because other people's lives are at stake. Other people's lives are able to be impacted only if we learn to share our stories. And so this is personal to me because I wouldn't be here today doing what I'm doing if the people in my life at one point said, nah, faith is something that I'm going to keep to myself. When I started my freshman year of high school, I had some friends that I spent time with in in middle school, and we started having lunch together most uh, most days. I just hung out with this group of friends. And so many of these uh, friends I was hanging out with, they all went to the same youth group. And so as the school year got underway, they began inviting me to their youth group, and I was like, Church, hard pass. The why would I want to go to church? I didn't grow up going to church. I didn't have a church background, uh, and so this is how little I, I knew of church. Their youth group was on Tuesday, and I was like, "Guys, it's like, church is on Sundays. Why would I go to church on a Tuesday?" Uh, and I was not interested one bit. And so I kept making excuses why I couldn't go. Oh, no, I'm busy with this homework, that, and but they kept inviting me. They kept saying, "No, you got to come. You got to come." And so. One one week, uh, one Monday, I just made the decision, fine, I'm going to go tomorrow so that they'll get off my back and they'll leave me alone and we can just go back to hanging out and, you know, at lunch and just having a good time and, and all that. And so I went the next day, I went to uh, the, their youth group and I just discovered, man, there's a bunch of people here who are like super genuine and warm and friendly and I kind of like playing basketball uh, before youth <laughs> group with my friends. And so I think I'm going to keep coming. And so every week I just started showing up. And every week somebody would teach a, teach a message out of the Bible and explain a little bit of who Jesus was or who God was. And I was like, you know, you know, okay, that's interesting, whatever. But that wasn't why I was there. I was there, again, for my friends. Until several months in, one night there, were, there, there was some worship going on. And midway through one of the songs, it was one of these moments, again, for me, clear as day, I could sense God speaking to me. Everything that you've been hearing and learning about me is true. You need to begin to follow me. And so I just kind of sat on the back of my chair, kind of in the back row of the room as, as, as worship was going on, and I just prayed a simple prayer. Like, God, I acknowledge you're real. that you are real, and I want to begin following you, Jesus. And that has... has birthed this lifelong journey of faith for me, obviously with ups and downs, just like each and every one of us have. But here's the thing. I would not be here today doing what I'm doing if some people in my life decided, no, it's too uncomfortable. My faith is personal. I'm not going to share it. And so where do we go? Where do we go here as we wrap up our series, Blessed Today? Well, we want to give you easy steps to begin because we still we know that sharing your story is going to be intimidating. And so what we would love for you to, uh, love for you to do is at least begin to practice sharing your story. Would you be willing to uh, just maybe immediately after service or by the end of the day today to share your story with us? just a little maybe sixty second 90 second story? of how God has shown up in your life in some way. And actually just post that straight to our uh, Facebook page at Rainier View Christian Church. Uh, You can find that on Facebook and just at the messenger, just just share that video message there and share part of your story. And We've got some prompts for you, but here's just some few uh, few prompts to get you thinking about how to share your story well. Did you have somebody in your life who was praying for you to, to come to embrace faith? Hey, if that's true, share your story. You know, when did God become real to you in your life? Share that story. When did you first find your way into the church? Did somebody invite you? Did you just kind of wander in on accident or just you just felt God leading you in off the street? Share that story. Was there something that someone did in your life that was a little small thing that ended up having a big impact on your understanding of God and faith and, and who Jesus is? Okay, share that story with us. Have your feelings around the love of God changed and grown over the years as you've walked with him? Share that story. Have you gone through a difficult season of life and God showed up in that season? Share your story and begin by practicing with us digitally. Or if you're, if you're like not on our Facebook platform, then just find somebody in your life to share, to begin to practice telling your story. Do something to be ready to share those stories. You know, and as we close out this series together, we hope that uh, you've been encouraged, that you can be a blessing, that you can share your faith in a world where it can be difficult to figure out where to begin. And that our hope is that we become a people who are more invitational. And as we close out our series, I would pray for us to just, uh, again, be thinking about how can I become more invitational? Who can I invite to join me in my church experience, wherever I'm experiencing that, whether it's online right now, whether it's at one of our two physical locations, where can I do that? Be an inviter. Who can you invite to join you to take part in this next, uh, our next teaching series coming up? Or if you're catching this message live, um, we got Christmas at Rainier View coming up in a, in a couple months here as, as we get closer to December. Who will you intentionally invite to experience a message of hope that they need to hear this holiday season? You know, if, if you're a teenager, who can you invite uh, to, to youth group? If you're if you're kids, who can your kids invite on Sunday mornings to RVCC Kids or wherever, whatever your uh, church setting, what they're doing? Again, look for ways to invite others to join, uh, join in and experience this message of hope that we have. Be a blessing to others. Be Practice these five blessed principles so that we can see not just a few people respond, but many people respond to this invitation, this message of hope that has been transforming lives for thousands of years. We hope that you'll join us back here uh, next week. Thanks for joining the Rainier View Christian Church podcast. Be sure to hit that subscribe button to be notified for all future episodes. Be sure to connect with us on socials at RainierViewCC and find out more about us at RainierView.org.